Renata Bernardi, and this is the Job Hunting Podcast, where I interview experts and professionals and discuss issues that are important for job hunters and those who are working to advance their careers. So make sure that you subscribe and follow, and let's dive right in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Job Hunting Podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing interview technology, video resumes, and a lot of other issues that came up in a recent presentation that I did for a senior executive. So stick around for that. But first, I'd like to talk about three different things. First of all, thank you for the outpouring of positive feedback received in regards to episode 122, Overcoming Career Setbacks, a conversation with Sasha Kaufman. Many of you reached out to me and reached out directly to Sasha on LinkedIn, uh, feeling very touched and inspired by his conversation in that episode. So thank you for reaching out. It really warms our hearts. Uh, Sasha and I have been exchanging messages recently about this, and it's really lovely to hear from you. So thank you so much. And it would mean the world to me if this episode or any other episodes of this show uh, inspired you or helped you in any way, if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Google. I will have the link to Apple Podcasts and Google below in the episode show notes. And it really helps us reach more and more people around the world. And talking about reaching out to a lot of people around the world, this podcast show is listened over 100 countries now. And we have listeners in the Ukraine and in the surrounding countries. And I'm just devastated. And I know many of you are, all of you are devastated with the situation in the Ukraine. It's heartbreaking. And to know that we have listeners there who are job hunters, who are career professionals and interested in career development, and in addition to their job search, are now having this terrible situation happening was brought to me in a recent message that I received from a listener who is in the region. And just having that personal account conveyed to me and that message made it so much more intense and it really moved me. And I'm so sorry for anybody who is job searching in difficult circumstances, uh, not only in the Ukraine, but potentially other war zones around the world that we're not focusing on because the media, you know, doesn't reach out to a lot of places and other environmental circumstances. Of course, all of us have been touched by the pandemic, but there's so much else happening around the world and my heart goes out to you. Thirdly, I'd like to address the fact that this episode is going out on the eve of the International Women's Day for 2022, but I decided this year not to do a topic uh, specifically about the International Women's Day. Last year, episode 72 was really exhausting to record. I'm still healing from that, to be honest. We were facing, we're still facing in many ways, a lot of systemic gender bias issues that were brought to everyone's attention in Australia and overseas during this time last year. And it made recording the episode so much more challenging for Hannah and I. So if you haven't listened, it's called Have We Learned Nothing? Systemic Gender Biases, Double Standards, Mental and Physical Dangers Affecting Women in the Workplace. I recorded it with my dear friend, Hannah Peterman, who is an expert on ethical leadership, diversity and gender equality. She has published peer-reviewed research and books about these topics and she's an absolute powerhouse. We had 
a, a very intense conversation. <laughs> you can, I, I, I think if you listen to it, to it, you can feel our sadness and our anger as we discuss the issues. We had to pause many times and rethink the way that we were heading with that conversation, to be honest. And I think the outcome is a great episode that I'm really proud of. And I would encourage you to go back and listen to that one. I'll have a, a link to it in the episode show notes for you. But it's easy to find find by um, typing in 72 and the Job Hunting Podcast. There are lots of other great shows happening this week, I'm sure. And there's plenty of content for you to dive into and even with the Job Humping Podcast, we've interviewed some amazing women like Div Pillai and uh, Sonali Shah, Michelle Redfern, Susan Colantuno. There are some great shows for you to focus on. So now let's talk about what executives are talking about. And executives are talking about interview technology. They're talking about video resumes and the fact that we're having selection delays and hybrid and flexible work. Is that a sign that we can work, work globally now? And of course, senior executives are very interested to talk about ageism <laughs> and I love getting the chat notes that come out of Zoom after I do presentations because it gives me such great content. And many times these presentations have a hard stop after an hour and I can't answer all the questions. So it gives me the opportunity if you're listening to this episode and you found me because I did this presentation a few weeks ago, gives me the opportunity to get back to you and potentially answer a question that you left unanswered in the chat box. But there you go. So first of all, interview technology. Interview technology before the pandemic was quite common for graduate appointments, graduate recruitment and junior role recruitment. And now, as you may have learned already, <laughs> it's common everywhere. Even if you're applying for a CEO role, you might be doing a straight to camera five minute interview as a first stage of the recruitment and selection process. And it's very challenging still, but we need to get better and better at it. One of the things I've noticed is that in the chat box, there were lots of commentary saying, well, face-to-face -face is so much better, more effective. But I have to challenge that sentiment and I don't believe it's true anymore because if we are moving towards a hybrid workplace environment where you will be leading teams and projects remotely, having the ability to communicate well on camera to show emotion, energy, enthusiasm, executive presence, leadership is really important. So the, the straight to camera interview as well as the Zoom style interviews are important in assessing a candidate that's ready for this new normal, right? So I think it's uh, interviewing as a, a selection process has its flaws, be it face to face or via Zoom. However, it's what we have. It's the rule of the game for the selection of executives. And it's important for you to practice straight camera interviewing and practice boardroom style interviewing as you move to advance your career and change jobs, especially if you've been working th throughout this pandemic and you're now reading about the great resignation and thinking about what's next, know that having that ability to present well on camera is really important. 
that's basically 90% now of the work that I do in my consultation. So if you go to my website, you can book consultation with me. Many people are booking to prepare for those types of interviews. In fact, the other day I had someone that <laughs> I was preparing for a face-to-face -face interview in this new normal era is also very bizarre because you might go to a face-to-face -face interview and the guideline is that you have to wear a mask at all times. And of course, there's no shaking hands anymore. So the preparation for that interview is also very important. It, as a first step, I always recommend that you try the LinkedIn interview prep tool. So if you go to LinkedIn and you click on jobs and you click on interview prep, which shows on, I think it will show for everyone on the left-hand side, there's a, a series of little tools that you can, you can try to test. I, I only like the interview prep. I do not like the resume builder. In fact, before pressing record, I tested it again, just in case it had been redesigned and better, but now it's just as bad as it used to be. Interview prep is great. Skills assessments is not for, I mean, it's not for my clientele. Maybe you're in the audience and you are a technical expert and it might be worthwhile you checking it out. But my clientele are usually managers, senior executives and C-level and they've overgrown, you know, they're, they're not in that sort of technical space anymore where they need to showcase that they excel technology or Python technology. But if you're listening and you are a tech person, then by all means, check it out. There's a cybersecurity one and Adobe and, you know, those things. Are, I don't think it's for my clients, but I'm a big fan of the interview prep on LinkedIn. Real big fan. I think it's a great step for you to test straight camera interviews has a sort of a, an AI component that gives you feedback. It allows you to forward it to other people that can review it and provide you feedback as well. The other topic of discussion was video resumes. And I have grown to like the idea of preparing videos. And basically what happened a few months ago is that a client of mine prepared a three-minute introduction as she was preparing her job application for a CEO role. And she addressed it to the chair of uh, the chair of the board, and I thought that that was really impressive. It was sharp. It was well edited by herself. She did not hire anybody to do it, which goes to show the amazing technology that is available for free for you to do this sort of work. And it was a really lovely, rather informal, but still very professional way of addressing the chair in sharp and succinct. It wasn't long. It was only three minutes. And I thought that that was really well done. And yes, she did get to the next stage. It wasn't a requirement of the application, but I, I felt that it presented her really well. Now, of course, if you don't feel comfortable on camera yet, maybe if it's not a requirement, don't send it, but definitely test it out, right? Start preparing yourself for the eventuality of it being a requirement in the future, as it has been for some of my clients. And a video resume where it's very long-winded and you talking about your whole career is boring. Please do not do that. But having a three-minute sharp straight-to-camera conversation where you're addressing the decision maker, where you're saying why you're a good candidate for that opportunity, it might be a good idea to do. 
So it's growing on me. Watch this space. I might do some more interesting episodes in the future. That's the reason why I like to get those chat notes after I do Zooms, because it gives me ideas for content. And I will be talking about video resumes in the future as well. The other topic of discussion was selection delays. And if you're job searching, if you've been job searching during the pandemic, you know what I'm talking about. It's when the recruitment process starts and it never ever ends. <laughs> and it's happening a lot. It's been happening a lot for the past couple of years. And of course, we can all empathize with the reasons why. So not only we have the pandemic affecting businesses with lockdowns and issues with supply chain and lots of urgent things that take precedence over important things, but also As we now reach this point where we understand that this is the new normal, companies may have thought a role was really important six months ago and they're now rethinking it, right? Uh, we are talking a lot about great resignations, but I'm also seeing great redundancies happening, big restructures happening and changes in priorities and changes in business structures and models. So uh, the recruitment process just goes on and on forever. It's very frustrating for recruiters. It's frustrating, of course, for you, the candidate, and I believe even for the employers because they need to reach decisions and consensus and they need to have the leadership to make important calls about how the business is going to look like in a new era. And that's still you know, slower than most of us would hope. So you have to plan for that as you either start job hunting now, or if you're currently job hunting, you have to know that, especially for the more, more senior roles, the delays they tend to be longer and account for that, prepare for that in terms of your budget or your mental health, your mindset to go through recruitment processes that last much longer and sometimes don't lead to anywhere. They don't choose a single candidate or they don't choose you and it can be very frustrating. So be ready for that. And I hope that this ends soon. I'm certain that this is a phase, but I think it will be affecting Uh, 2022, uh, the entire year of 2022. And I'm not saying this because I, you know, think the pandemic and lockdowns will be affecting it, but I think that companies are now restructuring and rethinking their business models. Then we discussed hybrid and flexible workforce and how that potentially could open the doors for more global opportunities. The idea of working for a company overseas, being based in a different country, this may be common for some sectors already. You know, people that work in tech might be very familiar with this. But for many other professionals, this has never happened before. And now that's how they work. And I think it even happened accidentally. I have many clients that have applied for jobs overseas, got the positions, were told to start working wherever they are and they will move later. And six months have gone, a year has gone by and they're still working remotely. Some countries are still closed for work visas and other employers just never really came back to the person and asked them to move. <laughs> so I think we have changed the way that we think about senior leaders and we can learn a lot from startups and techs and understand how they work remotely, how they influence me remotely. But of course, eventually, 
I think we will need to start getting together face to face because we're still humans and we still need that that interaction and that um, understanding of building a culture is is now really top of mind for researchers and for leaders. You know, how do you develop a culture when your workforce is completely remote or overseas? And this has been an issue before the pandemic. It's not new. It's just now more amplified than ever. Do I think working globally is possible? Yes. Do I think that we're still a way to go before making it normal? Yes. Why? Because you have occupational health and safety issues, insurance issues, tax issues affecting the way that businesses operate and how they pay employees. So for large corporations, there are, there's still a way to go. And it's different. For example, if you work for a tech company and you work for teams overseas, you might think, oh, you know, it's all fine, but you might be paid locally. That's the difference, right? So if you work for IBM or DXC or Hewlett Packer, you're very uh, familiar with working with teams that are based in the US, in Europe, in, in Asia. But each one of these teams are paid by their local IBM office, right? We're talking here about a, a scenario where the company is based in Japan and it's paying you to work from Australia and they don't have an office here. So we need to understand how we are going to be able to operate globally and maybe governments will have to get involved to figure that out. It's not always that simple. So again, another great topic for a future episode of Standalone. The other topic that we discussed was one that you've heard me talk before if you've been following me for a while and it's digital backgrounds. It's a pet peeve of mine. So you already know that I'm not a big fan, but these people that were attending didn't know, of course, because they were new to me and they asked about digital backgrounds and blur functions. And I'm not a fan of either. Digital backgrounds, I think, were, are a great solution in the short term. And I can also understand when an organization wants to standardize the look and feel of its you know, workforce working from home and how they present themselves to clients. So if you work for an organization that has asked you to use a, a digital background to work with clients, I understand that because it's you're, you're working from your house, but you're representing an organization and you're talking externally to other people. So yes, I understand that. But if you're applying for a job interview, if you are a job hunter, this is the Job Hunting Podcast, I would strongly recommend that you consider ensuring that you have a space at home where your professionalism will shine not only by what you say, but by how you look. Remember the time when we used to go to job interviews and wear a suit and the suit was important or, you know, whatever other sector you're in, you know, your presentation was important, right? Now the background is your presentation as a professional. And once you do get a job and you're leading teams and you're talking to your colleagues and your coworkers and your boss, showing a little bit of you in that Zoom just makes the whole thing more human. It humanizes you and it provides opportunities for small talk. You know, my son has a guitar behind his, his uh, desk. So people often ask him if he plays and he says, yes, it's a bass guitar. And so, you know, you have to have that um, 
bit of you showing because you're not meeting people face to face. There's no water cooler conversation. And I know it's a real bummer, everyone, that for the past two decades, we thought that open plan leaving was the way to go. Aren't we all regretting it now? <laughs> so many houses are so echoey and open plan leaving was the norm. And now we have both my husband and I working from home. Some of you have kids at home. It's I know it's a challenge, but it's been two years and it's time to sort it out. So sort it out, find yourself a space. And even if it has to be your bedroom, don't have the bed showing. That's the worst thing that you can have um, as a professional in the corporate nonprofit and public sectors is you trying to talk really professionally about your your experience in your work and there's a big bed behind you. It's not good. Even if you have the blur function, I still don't think it's good. And I have been at panels in industry associations, amazing professionals that had the bed behind him. And I don't think that that's appropriate. Call me old fashioned. I play conservatively. I want every one of you to get jobs and to be considered as excellent leaders at what you do. And that's my recommendation to you. And I'm sticking to it. <laughs> All right. The final thing we're going to discuss is ageism. Every time we have a session like this with professionals uh, that are senior executives, ageism always comes up. And just as, you know, a, a way of explaining how I, I feel confident talking about ageism, I don't have any clients in their 30s anymore. I used to have clients in their 30s, 35, 37. I have a client that just turned 40. So my current range of clients are from 40 to 69. Okay. I used to work with much younger clients when I was at Monash, was an MBA career manager there many, many years ago. And I, you know, understand that if, if for them, ageism is always an issue too, because some people look very young or they are very young and they, and they can't get the jobs that they, they think that they deserve or they're good for them. This is a different a topic for a different conversation and potentially a different show <laughs> because this show is really aimed at people that have work experience, a lot of experience under their belt. They are older. They are in the second half of their careers and they really want to take control over their careers and their the outcomes and have exciting jobs that they love and that they are really uh, excited about. So is ageism getting worse? I don't think ageism is getting worse, but I also don't know if it's getting better. I think as a candidate, you need to work on what you can control and you can control how you present yourself to the world. Age is something that might affect some roles and not others. So being strategic about how you plan your career moving forward is important to you. I know my husband has put a lot of thought into this and slowly but surely moved away from some of the technical roles that he used to do and into more sort of account management roles that he believes will help him have a more sustainable career in the future. And he did that without my help, by the way. So good on him. <laughs> and uh, it's just something that I would recommend that you consider, reflect and see what will play well in your sector industry and with the experience that you have already accumulated as you move forward. 
The other thing that I recommend for my clients is um, to ensure that they pair their experience and skills with recency of know-how, not just recency of experience. Sometimes things happen and you might be out of work for a year or two, but as long as your know-how about your sector is up to date, that's what's important. You need to go into a job interview, go into a new workplace and be confident about your knowledge of what's happening in your sector, in your industry, in your profession. And that comes from daily reading, daily mindfulness of what's happening in your sector and weekly sort of reviews and monthly professional development opportunities. And this doesn't have to be a course. It might just be you getting a buddy to assist you with the technology involved in working these days in your sector. The way that you worked a year ago or even two years ago may have changed a lot. The way that people present, you know, so I have clients that book one-on-one one-hour consultations with me so that they can relearn how to do presentations. They were very good at presenting face-to-face to their colleagues and peers, groups groups of, let's say, 10, 20 people in front of them. Now they're having to do presentations via Zoom and, you know, feeling confident and comfortable presenting in that new format is important. And that's usually how ageism happens, is when you're trying to do something in a different way and it's not resonating with a younger audience. So find a buddy, a mentor. This is not a new idea. Jack Welch from GE, what, three decades ago, was already writing about how the importance at GE of older executives finding younger mentees. If you've read his books, you may remember this. So it's not a new idea, but it's now more important than ever. So I hope this helps. <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that. Ageism is really a, a topic that deserves an entire episode on its own. I think it's great that we have people that look older on screen. I'm watching the news about Ukraine with this wonderful senior female journalist on location, speaking for 10, 15 minutes in the middle of a war zone. And I'm at awe at her. I just tell my husband every night, I can't believe she's there. She's amazing. She's my hero. And seeing people like President Joe Biden, you know, doing such a, you know, in my view, a good job as a a president. I I listened to his speech this week and it was very powerful. I I thought it was really good. And I think having those people on screen, in your face, looking much older and doing very important jobs is really inspiring. And it's really helpful to raise awareness and grow and educate employers on the importance of keeping people working and in the in their professions for as long as possible because the know-how, the corporate knowledge and the ability to mentor and coach other people and, and do proper succession plannings in the future. It's, it's done so much better if you have that diversity of age as well as many other diversities that are necessary for workplaces to thrive. Everyone, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. 
please be well and be safe. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. And I hope we keep in touch. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, please do so. You can just find a button wherever you found us and subscribe. Or better still, go to my website and subscribe to my newsletter and I will send new episodes to you every week. You can find me on renatabernardi.com. That's R-E-N-A-T-A-B-E-R-N-A-R-D-E.com. And all the links discussed in my website will be in the show notes as well. Ciao for now, and I'll see you next time.